Here we go. We're starting with a commercial, everybody. I'm sorry to hear. I'm sorry that you have to endure this, but Live from the Dutch Hall is brought to you by Amazon.com and Amazon.ca. Please go to the Live from the Dutch Hall website, www.livefromthedutchhall.com, and click on the Amazon banner. And what's up? What's up? You're already telling me something's going on. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and click on the Amazon banner. Just any money that you spend will help the show. And so thank you very much. Actually, I got some good news and feedback. We got feedback this week to see how I'm actually on my way up the charts on uh, the support I'm getting from my fans. So that's going to be great. You know what today is? Today's Taco Thursday. <laughs> that's it. Let's have a shot, everybody. That's exactly what I wanted you to do. It's that, <laughs> that noise. Cheers. 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 It's like the crowd was thinking about it for a bit, eh? And then they just thought, they, yeah. they eventually they decided to clap, eh? Yeah. <clears throat> Welcome to Live from the Dutch Hall, everybody. I'm your host, Pete Van Dyke. We are back in the Dutch Hall for episode, I think, 34 this week. And uh, we are calling this one Taco Thursday. Because as it turned out, I was lazy on my booking this week, as I usually am. And uh, what I did was I tried to get people that were... Um, I tried to get a few people to work out, and at the last minute, I did it. I tricked my good friends, the Bowens, <laughs> uh, for a night of dinner. What I did was, this was a, a very elaborate scheme, if you think of it. Oh, what I, I knew it was happening before it was happening. <laughs> really? Before he knew it was happening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The morning started out so, where I really didn't know what I was doing. I had other guests booked for Live from the Dutch Hall when I woke up this morning, and then, uh, as it turned out, it fell, fell through. But we're going to get them on on Saturday. It's Abby and Kevin Van Dyke are coming in to talk with us. Uh, and we're going to record it for next week. But uh, this week, that fell through. So I'm driving. I uh, My daughter had uh, uh, her camp got canceled this week. So she was home alone. And I, we were feeling kind of bad for it. We said, maybe she should have a friend over. She invited the Bowen's daughter over to spend the day with her. So I went down to Turkey Point. It was great uh, to pick up uh, uh, Tom's daughter. And uh, there was a boat stuck in the in the in the lake, eh? So when I got there, I saw Tom with two shovels in the uh, in Turkey Point. He says you're trying to get out a boat stuck in the in the lake, and I said, "Do you need help?" Because I was excited because I like that, eh, Tom? Oh yeah, it's always fun to help people like that. Oh, it is. I've got a friend Walter down the street, and he's always good to go if there's some sort of um, activity. And I drove by, and I knew he'd be in, and he was standing talking to the neighbors. I said, Walt, you want to have some fun? Before I knew it, it was in my car, head hanging out the window, tongue hanging out, <laughs> panting. And then you got a picture of this guy. He's probably 70 years old, but he looks like uh, uh, he's probably about 50. Yeah, he didn't but, look 70 at all. Oh, no, he's tough, and he works like crazy. So uh, I was like, Walt, let's go. 
And then um, I knew you were coming down, so I eventually said, oh, I know my buddy Pete will want to help, too. Yeah. So you we knew it before I, did, before I said before it? Before you were there, yeah. Is so it a big boat? I like. I want to picture this. I well, don't know. Like, no, it was how, probably about How much a, heroes are you guys? <clears throat> oh, we're heroes, Jane. We're heroes. Didn't you listen to the episode last week? <laughs> Is heroes. it a big yacht? All I know is I got a, uh, somebody approached me this morning, knock on my door, and, of course, they had the monkey on their shoulder, and... My boat stuck, and I was like, uh, it's, uh, they had said, oh, you're, you're a man that knows how to get these things off, because I lived Ooh, on the beach most of my you're life. Well you known. get off boats. Eh? Yeah, yeah, for oh, sure, but I have, I have pumps, too, you know, so I've got a big hose, and uh, he decided to... Uh, <laughs> how big is it? Uh, the hose is quite large and quite powerful, powerful enough to create a stream uh, to dig a trench to help move this boat. This boat was beached. It was like yeah. a, a pod of killer whales who had decided to turn the wrong way. <laughs> and, That's an analogy. And not only that, the guy who parked it uh, had left his uh, his uh, outrigger was uh, broken. So his boat, his motor wouldn't go up and down. So you got a picture of a boat, and then you've got this big bottom transom hanging down, and it was stuck wedged in the sand. So I looked at it and went, okay, listen, buddy. Get the front end in the water. After that, we'll we'll. Work well, you should tell what guy. Those, that guy said before, like where he called the the people. Oh yeah, I the marina had, to get him out. He called the marina. The marina said, "No, can't do it. We don't have the insurance to to cover it." And then he said, "Call these people in Port Dover." Called some people and they came and, and quoted the guy fifteen hundred dollars to pull his boat off the shore. <laughs> yeah. Fifteen hundred bucks. So uh, when I when I it's first like arrived to assess it, oh. the the one guy is quite a large uh, dude and. Uh, I said, listen, I think we can push the front end of this boat in the water, even though it was totally beached. And and uh, he said, no. I said, yeah, let's just try it. And then we did the old uh, Egyptian one, two, three, heave. One, two, three. Nice. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Got the so front end strong. in. Yeah, oh, yeah. And then uh, after that, we just kind of used the pump and jutted some water around the motor and Got it going, and then of course we got reinforcements. Walter and Pete, and that's all it took. Five so guys. So why was it so beached? I just broke anchor and then went to shore. Broke oh. anchor and, and and unfortunately because his motor had been incapacitated and couldn't be lifted out of the water, it was acting as an anchor and it had stuck everything oh. in place. So. Yeah, so we were like cool. we had to keep pushing it out like an inch at a time at first, and then two yeah. inches, and then you we get like oh. four or five, and then eventually you're pushing. These guys were beasts, man. These other two guys, whoever's boat it was, that were stuck with these. T- I. We have a difference of opinion of the nature of these fellows, but um, <laughs> but they we but I felt they were kind of like you know really like metrosexual type looking fellows with you know a big buff dudes like m- work out nice. all the time like t- tattooed big but not necessarily strong. But they got the haircut like with the uh, crop closely at the sides, but kind of like flipped back like they're really like stylish like they're yeah. in in whatever's going on in oh, style yeah. shave, and they're shave chest. The, but they're huge buff. And then one guy's got like a, maybe an eyebrow piercing or something. And uh, he's maybe got a, what has he got? Some sort of hipster in it. Was it glasses or something? There's some glasses hip- and a loop earring. Oh, I, yeah. Eyeliner tattoo? No. No. No, no. But they're fancy boys is what I'm saying. But they were also these muscle head guys. Like they could probably, like they look like they could uh. do it. Like they're oh, he huge. Said, he said when we're yeah, done, did you hear me? He goes, I won't have to go to the gym today. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, sometimes they're like gym strong, but they're not really like strong. Yeah, like me and Tom. Like, well, yeah, you guys are strong. <laughs> you guys can lift boats. <laughs> yeah, we're real men. <laughs> from, from my experience, I think me and Walter, the 70-year-old guy, could have probably got it off ourselves. It's just a matter of uh, patience and a little bit of Yeah, you forgot Walt. You forgot Walt in that oh, 
equation. Well, Wal- yeah. Walter's like a with machine. his tongue hanging out. I, I picture guy, a dog looking man. Oh like, no, Walter. Walter's a beast. Every he was out there. That guy was happy as hell the whole time. Right? Oh, he yeah. was so thrilled. Yeah. Well, if you're retired in Turkey Point, like that's the excitement of the. Of oh, the I game, love right? it, man. When yeah. Tom, when I was bringing, I was going to pick up the like. Tom's daughter for the the day of, <laughs> and he's like, "Hey, both stuck. Him. Can I can I help? Can I help?" You know, I was like, "Yeah, I'm in. I'm I'm so fucking in. They this is the best. I love getting people unstuck. You get to be a hero for a day. And how much do we charge them? Nothing. Nothing. So yeah, it went like, from fifteen hundred no bucks tip, to zero. Like they didn't like give oh, you he, a thankful. Uh, actually, you know? he, he did he, show he did up with a bottle of wine. Ah, yeah, and he that, said, yeah. "Okay, get you a couple yes. of beers." From Nelly's? Where was it? It was in the bag in your box. <laughs> Of other liquor. Remember the box? There was a bag. It's a... Savin Young Blanc that he brought. And remember I said, he said, I know you don't drink wine, but your wife does. And I thought, well, if my wife had been there pushing the boat, that would be great. But instead... I got the Sauvignon Blanc. Nice. <laughs> nice. Anyways, that's not a big and deal. And I drank it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I brought it. I oh, brought it. Dinner? Yeah, oh. for the dinner. Yeah. Well, this is perfect. Well, then I, we, I earned half of that bottle, Absolutely. so it's only fitting. Or yeah. I don't think Absolutely. I deserve half of it. But. That's awesome. That is great. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good story. Yeah, so it turned it, like, out. It brings it around. Yeah, right, right. Because it turn- completes the day. As it turns out, then, I was, like, short of a podcast guest, and I already had their daughter held hostage in my home. Yes. I felt this is a perfect time to try to twist their arm into coming to my house for dinner, and then I could sneak a podcast in if I could trick them. So I have to introduce my guests. It's Tom and Laura Bowen. Hello. Uh, uh, two, of, uh, two of my uh, close friends. Let me get, give you a Dutch Hall round of applause. And because I mentioned Laura's name and that, we're always going to end it nicely with a... With a kiss for Laura. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming in. And my co-host today, which I'd like to start, I'm starting to try out some things. because We're looking for a co-host for life in the Dutch Hall. And we've been, uh, so I'm thinking about maybe auditioning different co-hosts and putting them actually in the co-host chair. Now, what I expect from a co-host is someone to keep, keep me from being, uh, what? What do you give me? My wife is actually giving me the finger right now. She thinks that because it's uh, an audio show. That I, that I would go the unnoticed. pressure's on all of a sudden. All I'm saying is, Jane, sometimes I get forgetful in my old age, and sometimes I lose my place. With the co-host, what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to save me when I start eating oh, shit. I love lists, too. I can make you a list. Oh, yeah. A honeydew list. And this is the strength of, to, of this week's co-host, my beautiful wife, Jane Van Dyke. Thank, well, let's hear it for her. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. You're all dead. <laughs> Yeah, we got to hear from our daughter uh, just today, wasn't it? Yeah. Over breakfast that uh, those laugh those uh, laugh machines. Laugh tracks. The laugh tracks are mostly filmed in the 50s, and most of those people, I'd say probably 85% of them are dead now. <laughs> That's what she said. Good, good times. Yes. Yeah. That was a, thank you, Kate. Yeah, thank you. That's a helpful advice. <laughs> 50s? Dead already? I was born in the 60s. Don't tell me I'm not close. Well, no, I'm saying been... like if you were in a studio audience in the 50s, you were probably born in the. Oh right, you know, right, right. You yeah. know, you're probably born in the 30s, right? 20s. Most of them are dead. <laughs> <laughs> really? I how much they're left? I don't know. Who's Lauren Bacall died this week, eh? Lauren Bacall, Ooh. which I think I'm. I'm always like a big old like I'm older in my knowledge of uh, television and movie trivia. I'm older than my age. Like I know stuff from oh, before I, I was born more than I should. 
You know what I mean? Well, your TV was on 24-7. I loved it. I loved it. you were younger, and then your dad liked to watch the old movies. So it's like in, in like subconsciously like ingrained in your mind. Yeah, my mom too is a big – my mom is like an encyclopedia of Hollywood knowledge. Yeah. My mom, when you play any sort of like a trivia game or a crossword puzzle or something like that, she knows obscure references from wherever. And when she talks to like – I remember when I, my kids were young, we watched The Jungle Book. And I remember when I was a kid, I watched The, I, I watched the Jungle Book and I liked the movie, you know. But my mom's like, oh, Louis Prima and um, – he was a great star, you know, and then she knew the, the voice of Baloo. The voice of Baloo was a really, uh, he was a big deal back in the day, but I had no, no fucking idea who this guy was, right? But my mom knows all about those guys. Eh? So she would give you, she was like an encyclopedia of old Hollywood knowledge. So I'd always like be interested in what she yeah, would talk about. Yeah, suck it right up. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, it was really interesting to me. Yeah. And also, I always loved like um, Sunday morning funnies. Do you remember that? Do you guys remember that? They used to play it on like a Buffalo channel or something like that when we were kids. And you can get like Sunday morning funnies. It was on UHF, like or no, what's the one on the bottom? VHF. Mm-hmm. VHF was on the bottom. UHF was on the top. Yeah. Do you remember? If you it had a T one of those, UHF like a was thirty TV? and above. Channel twenty nine from Buffalo was UHF. UHF was then, the higher numbers. Yeah, higher numbers. And then yeah. channel seventeen was VHF. Right. Oh, seventeen was where VHF stopped, and then you go to the okay because this was a, a UHF channel, so it was one of the you tune it in for a while, and then you get. Um, what was I even talking about? I forget. The, the Sunday morning funnies. Sunday morning yeah. funnies, and they had uh, Mom, Pa, Kettle, and the and Laurel and Hardy, and the Marx Brothers, and Three Stooges, and Little uh, Rascals. Little Rascals, oh, yeah, 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 all that stuff. You know, like, it. and uh, I just like loved it all. Like Laurel and Hardy, I was the hugest fan of Laurel and Hardy growing up. Like I used to do a Laurel, a Stan Laurel impression for my mom. I had a, like a set of things I used to do for my mom. I did the Laurel and Hardy, like I did the Stan Laurel. Where he was crying and scratching his, scratching head. his head. That was my only impression. <laughs> and I did a Dracula, which is kind of weak. And then I did, a, like, you know, um, I did, uh, you know, when you go to Disney World, there's that um, Country Bear Jamboree. And then yeah. there's the uh, uh, Big Owl. There's blood on the saddle again, right? I had Have a Big you seen Owl. that show? You remember Big Owl? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like yeah, get on that. Yeah. It's my favorite. <laughs> You're a Disney freak, it's right? It's a classic, right? You I have to go to that fan. show every yeah. time. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I love Country Bear Jamboree. And Big Al's my favorite because as a kid, I used to do Big Al impression. I had a Big Al guitar. Like, I, I, like I, how old is that show? They need to update it. No, they <laughs> but don't. But it's like so classic. It's just, I love they it. They can update it. As soon as they update that, no, it's going to die. Yeah, you're right. Because it's it, not the same. Yeah, people are going to that for that sense of comfort from the nostalgia from their childhood and stuff like that. There's certain attractions at Disney that'll never change. Like, uh, you know, the, the carousel of progress, Laura, you know, the carousel of progress. <laughs> I love all of it. You don't need to ask me. No. I adore everything. Yeah. You try to take your kids to the carousel of progress and they will look like you just like, uh, stole Christmas from them, right? Eh? The carousel of progress is not enjoyable to but any But very appropriate child. if it's raining and you need to get out <laughs> yeah. of a thunderstorm. Yeah, Definitely. we were caught in a torrential downpour one time. The carousel of progress saved our fucking lives, yes. right? Yeah, I know. And our kids hated what we're even like, oh, thank God we got out of that. But yeah. then halfway through it, because it's a 45-minute attraction or something like that. It goes forever, right? Forever. Yeah. Laura, tell them, tell them the story about uh, the Jamboree. Was, what was it called? The, the dinner theater um, at Frontierland with the B.O.? Hoop-dee-doo. Oh, sorry. The hoop-dee-doo. Oh, is that like the... Did they have Jesse and, and Woody and stuff? Was that like... Well, it's a, it's supposedly the longest-running theatrical production in U.S. history. 
Oh. It's called the Hoopty Doo Jamboree. It's uh, in Frontierland, right? Is that that used no. to be the Diamond Gertie's Disney's what? Wilderness? Those Disney's Wilderness Lodge, yes. like the, yes. the oh, where you where you stay, where you sleep. But you can take the bus, right, right, right. from any resort, oh. and, and they have this it? one show they've been doing. They have Forever. a show, the same show that they've been doing. Forever. It's a dinner theater. They've got chicken and. Um, uh, cornbread. cornbread and, it's very down home. Like all you can fried drink beer, chicken in a wine. bucket. All yeah, you yeah. can drink wine and beer and But it's a very lively show based on the uh you know, stagecoach days, you know, and the the, right. the the song and dance and the one girl comes out and she's very provocateur, I guess, within the, the show and came out and decided to plant herself in my lap and start kissing my, my cheeks. And of course in front my, of your children? In front of my children. They were they were mortified, tell them why. Because of your erection. Your erection. <laughs> <laughs> it's scary. No, actually, actually, oh. I, I turned out I was quite mortified because horrified. I don't think that they I was horrified. They did not launder her her dress appropriately. She had the worst B.O. Unbelievable. Oh, no. Playing herself on me. It was like a big woof of B.O. She's kissing me. I'm getting it. was like I was being kissed by <laughs> what a, a vomit. Oh, they got this old dress that's been in Florida heat and humidity for how long? Where this girl's been working her ass off and, and no one washes it. Of course, it stinks. Yeah. It's been oh. sitting there. God knows how many of these type of girls wear that same filthy dress and what kind of night they had in Florida when they're, they're like taking bath salts and like trying to... <laughs> friggin' do whatever crazy Florida people do when they're not at work, you know? Oh. Like, you don't know what that girl did last night when she wasn't at Disneyland. I can only imagine. She's living in Florida, and she's probably in a crystal meth lab or something like that, you know? I'm sorry, am I hurting? No, I'm, <laughs> going, I'm <laughs> So, and the worst part was, she was like the stinky car from the Seinfeld episode. It stuck to me, and it stuck to my shoulder. It wrecked my entire meal. It was oh, nothing but... no. B.O. all the way. Never left me. It was like a, it a, followed a you. green haze. It just stuck to me and never left. It was yeah. awful. Like a fog. Uh, Disney. Oh. I lo Laura loves Disney. I've got a, I see a different, darker side of Disney. <laughs> and that, that's just my perspective, and I'll leave it at that. But I do uh, notice a change in Disney from when I was a kid. Because I was when I was a kid, um, I've been Disney, I think I went five times as a kid. That's I went once when I was in grade uh, once when I was three years old, because I got a, 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 a surgery on my um, private area called a hydrocell, right? It was a fluid builds up in your scrotum, and then you have to get a surgery for it. I was like two or three when I got the surgery. I must have had big balls. I had big, huge balls. And then, um, so the par my parents were worried. My, I think my dad was proud. My mom was worried. <laughs> and then, uh, so anyways, I got the surgery, and my dad was worried about it, you know, and my parents were worried about it because, you know, you put a young child like that through surgery, you're always worried about them. And they said, if you pull, you know, if everything goes well, we'll take you to Disney World for, your for like, you know, as my kind of like carrot. Did they, bring, did they bring your brother to Disney World? After he wasn't he born. Got, I don't think he was. Or no, he, he got his fixed like a couple years ago, right? Didn't oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't like tell him about that. Don't tell him about that. People don't even know about my brother's ball. <laughs> I heard that one. It was sounded well, awful. Yeah, you're telling your story. You know, as long as I'm doing it, as long as I'm, we're busting my brother, the funniest brother's ball story was when he was just a young kid. He was 14 years old. And this is this is a story about the rooster. Wait, do we have the sound effect for the rooster? Wait, because I don't know if he... I just uh, assume he's okay. <laughs> That's ridiculous. What? That's the rooster sound effect. I'm telling a story that involves him. <laughs> so I have to use the sound effect. It's so angry and dangerous. Yeah, well, Dave's he's not like that. He loves rock and roll, Jane. 
rock and roll. That's what he does. The roosters for him. That's the death metal rooster. It's, it's his only sound. It's a, that's his sound bite. You know what I yours know. is? You know. So I, I like, might be a lesbian. Yeah, that's yours. <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow, let's get back to business here. What am I talking about? I'm t- talking about the rooster here. And we went and to your brother. My brother. Right. I brought that up. When, I, when my brother was just 14 years old, a young boy, he was still young enough to be in the sick in the kids section of the hospital. He got some sort of horrible infection where his one testicle had swollen up <laughs> so large. Sorry, Paul. <laughs> So large that he became incapacitated. <laughs> so he had to go to the hospital to get some treatment for it. It turns out it was an infection. He just needed an IV in his hand and it took care of it and the infection went down. We also had the same thing with a Mexican migrant worker that worked on our farm one time. He worked a whole day on our farm with this huge testicle. I couldn't believe it. Salvador was his name. <laughs> what? Oh. <laughs> That's a shout out to Salvador. <laughs> Thanks a lot, buddy. I always loved that guy, Salvador. Anyways, I'm getting off track here. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go back. There's like we're charters. Where was I? I don't uh, know. How does charters fit into Paul's and ball, ball infection? Yes. Paul's got a ball infection. Charters is <laughs> having a sleepover at my house. This is Paul. If he was 14, I would be like probably 17. We're in high school. Charters used to take off for days hiding from his girlfriend, sleep at my house. <laughs> And it, and she called at my house looking for him, and and Dave would tell my mom to tell her he's not there, right? Like, <laughs> anyways, he would sit there, and we were going to bed at night, and Paul was groaning in bed about his swollen ball, right? Aww. And then uh, so uh, me and Dave just sat up all night telling them what they're going to do to him at the hospital once they bring him in. And they went. I remember Dave was saying, he goes, Paul, they're going to take you in that hospital, and you're going to be sitting in a room, and they're going to. And there's going to be some old guy next to you all night when you're trying to sleep. And he's going to get up. And the nurse is going to come to him. And he's going to go, Andy, got to go poop. Andy, got to go poop. <laughs> <laughs> and we did it all night, just torched him, about like creating these scenarios of all these weird things that's going to happen in the hospital. And then uh, he went to the hospital, and he was getting his treatment. Me and Dave, I went to Dave's parents' house. And I, we made, at that time, it was on a dot matrix computer. Like one of the ones, you know, you yeah. have the, like, the holes on the side with the rip-off things, and then it would, like, landline. Yeah. Young people listening to this show have no fucking idea what I'm talking about. I know. But believe me, it happened. This was a real thing. So um, we uh, we printed this card out. It was a, it was a program he had on his little, like, uh, Commodore 64 or whatever where you can make cards, right? And there was only so many things you could do. So you can make shapes. So what we made, we got a scale, like the Libra scale, and we put one big circle on the one scale <laughs> and one big, one little tiny circle on the other scale. And then we wrote in the card, hey, Paul, sorry about your ball. <laughs> Love it. And it went to the hospital. We gave it to him because like, we were visiting. We gave him the card. And then he reads it. And then we, we were, that was our whole thing. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, I remember that was a really fond memory of my child, my youth. I don't know what my brother thinks about that. We have to talk about it next time he's in. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so that was off topic. Where were we going with that? I don't even know. Where did we went You're from? You're talking like, about Hydrosil. Yeah, Ooh. but we were talking yeah, about Disney before that, and now yeah, Disney. Know. I went to Disney one time because of my Hydrosil, and that brought me to uh, Paul's testicle. Oh, gotcha. Uh, and now I say. Disney always brings you to testicles. Yeah, Disney brings me Paul's testicles. Why wouldn't it? I love it. And then we went one time where we went to uh, (laughs) 
the second time I went was in kindergarten. We went in a Winnebago. We went down with another family, and we went down with a Dutch, uh, a Dutch exchange student that was working on our farm. Ween was his name. Ween. And uh, we went down. He was a great guy. I remember thinking he was the most hilarious guy I've ever met in my life. He used to roll drum cigarettes on the, in the Winnebago and smoke them at that table. We played cards. I thought that guy was really funny. And, uh, and that, was the, that was the second time I went. Then I went once in grade five and once in grade uh, 10. And then once when I was an adult where my mom for her birthday, we said to her, what do you want? My dad said, you can go anywhere you want for your birthday. Mom said, I want to go to Disney. And all of us kids were grown, but we had... Mom said, I want to go to Disney with my kids one last time, you know. And um, we all canceled our New Year's plans and whatever, and we all got in a Winnebago. We rented one, and we drove down to Florida. And as as kids, when you go down in Winnebago, it's like, um, oh, excuse me. It seems huge. Taco Thursday. Taco yeah. Thursday is coming back. <laughs> so uh, when you're a kid, you go down to Winnebago, there's lots of room. You know, you can get four kids up in the top over where the driver sits, you know. It's, but when you're big, huge adults and you're going down and the smell in that Winnebago is horrible. The, 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 you know, I remember one time picking up my dad's underpants and the, someone was holding him up like, what the heck are we living in, you know. It's like, a, it's like a caravan of gypsies when you're all adults in there. Like, it's like horrible, right. But we ended up having the best trip of our lives. We had such a great time. And it was uh, one of the most fun, fun experiences I've ever had in Disney. And we went to a, I remember we went to a comedy show for New Year's Eve at the uh, Hollywood Studios. We saw Jim Brewer and Kevin Meany and, jeez, uh, man, it was a good show. It was a really good show. We got on TV. We were on Comedy Central. They were pictures. Were, like, uh, they had us on the shots and stuff like that when we were laughing. It was a good, t- it was a good time. And uh, so every time you go to Disney, it doesn't matter what age you are, you're going to have a great experience. I've loved it every time. So when I got to the age where I could bring my kids, like it was a no-brainer for me. I just loved it. And they just do it right. But I've noticed over the years, they used to have young kids that loved being at Disney and that would run, run the gates. They bought in the magic and all that stuff. And now it seems when you go, there's like old people, like retirees at the gates. And they just, they're like, uh, I got to do this to pay for my fucking condo in the trailer park or, or whatever they're in. And they're like, uh, I would think at this age, I didn't have to do this bullshit, you know? So there's a bit of that, like, you know, under you know, I've noticed there's been a drop off on the magic as far as the people that work there. You, once well, or is you, it just because you're older? Once no, you there weren't those you, old grumpy people before. Once you get past the old old guys in the front line, then when you walk down the main street, and if you happen to get there when the parade's going on, it's a whole nother ball of wax. What do you mean? Well, I, I, if anybody's ever been to Disney and seen the Main Street Parade, it's. Uh, Everybody's so lively and friendly and young and and yeah, yeah. and gay. I guess you know, <laughs> for lack happy. of a better word, they're happy as could be, and yeah. it's just everybody's prancing and loving it, and yeah. uh, it's always entertaining. That's a good I get word, a real prancing. kick out of it. You know, I just, this is—I know this is what you're referring to. You're referring to gay by ha- meaning happy, but I'm going to go take yes. it on another tangent. Saying, isn't there a lot of homosexuals in children's programming? Like, if you really think about it in history. Like the polka dot door. Remember polka dot door? Yeah. Absolutely. Right? Every pokeroo was gay, wasn't he? Like No, don't say it, Peter. Come I, on. He was pokeroo. There was there was like The black guy on on polka dot door was yeah. really, he's gay. Well, yes. Yes. What Everyone on, on but Sesame I Street. I never processed that when I was <gasps> no, a kid. Peter. Come on. What you about Bob? Not. Bob. Bob was no, out of the closet gay. You may not wash. He had a picture of his dead of uh, a lover on his piano. At the end of Sesame Street, when my kids were kids, Bob was sitting there with a, a picture of his lover that died from AIDS. No. What, yeah. What did Jim Henson die of? Cancer? 
Yes. I'm not saying Jim Henson's gay. I'm just saying I'm just saying. I don't know. I don't know things. I'm just saying Sesame Street always had Bob. Bob is gay. Bob on Sesame Street. Am I am I am I outing Bob on Perhaps, the show? Perhaps, but his best friend was Linda, and she was deaf. <laughs> She had a horrible disability. <laughs> Mr. Hooper. He was very tolerant. Mr. Hooper was a pedophile. He was not. <laughs> he, might, he might have been. Wash your mouth. That was so hey, Most certainly here, was come not. Come here, little kids. You want some candy? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Big Bird was on hallucinogenic drugs, and that's why he saw a snuffleupagus. No. <laughs> Oscar the Grouch was homeless, and he had schizophrenia. <laughs> <laughs> he was just angry. What are we going to do? Grover? Oh, Grover. Grover. What's his story? I He's manic. Yeah, Grover's just, yeah, just, he's just an attention whore. <laughs> ADD. He's ADD. Guy Smiley is a sociopath. Do you remember Guy Smiley? Oh, for oh, yeah. sure. He used to, uh, sometimes, um, Sophia represents Guy Smiley because she's like, I'll never get it when he slams his head on the piano ever, ever, ever. <laughs> Guy Smiley was one of my favorites. I always loved Guy Smiley when he'd come up. Eh? Like, he'd be hosting a game show or something like that on Sesame Street. I always got a kick out of Guy Smiley. And The Count. The Count was just quality. Yeah. <laughs> I think because I come from some Eastern European heritage <laughs> with my mom being Hungarian, I thought The Count was pretty cool all the time. There you go. He reminded me of a few uncles or like just <laughs> with the, you see people at the Hungarian hall with that like kind of Count haircut. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Anyhow. But we had a, also had like Pee Wee Herman. Uh, he was like daytime or, or children's show, I think. Yeah, but Pee Wee Herman is a funny story because Pee came from like the Groundlings or something like that. He was a, like, that was like an improv bit he did and it caught on with kids, but it was really an adult act. Yeah, if you he's think. creepy. Oh, yeah. Pee Wee? Oh my what about uh, the voice of Elmo? Wasn't yeah. he probably yeah, somewhere? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, trouble. You wonder, eh? It goes, it goes to this, like, this kind of. <laughs> This kind, of, this kind of leads us into the Robin Williams thing, um, and then in a, in a roundabout way, it was well, like this yeah. week. This week that we uh, in uh, that's pretty roundabout. <laughs> it is, but I I'll, I can make this point. I can make yeah, this yeah. point. It's because like with the Robin Williams thing, everyone's like, uh, um, it's a terrible tragedy, of course. You know, to have a talent like that that takes his own life. I'm not gonna, you know, that's a terrible thing, of well, course. Well, and everyone's talking about it. It's it's crazy. That's a story. That's a yeah. story. This week is that to me is like why. Like, I understand. Like, does anyone here, has anyone here met Robin Williams? No. No. <laughs> no. Okay, we're in agreement. Has, has it, most people, like, you hear all the, the accounts of people that did meet him and had a, a chance encounter with him, and they're all um, writing glorious uh, reviews of him and, and saying how they were really touched by the man. And, and the people that came in contact with him and knew him and had a relationship with him really loved him. And that's what's important, you know? Like, people that have actually known him that just want to pay respects to the good things he did while he was alive. That's beautiful. And that, that is, I, I could read that on Twitter or on, uh, if they want to cover that and people do a nice eulogy for yeah, a person I love that memories. Yeah, that's fine. But where it comes to the point where the news takes over and the news all wants to talk about why it happened. Well, and, try and they panic- speculate. That's well, a good yeah. word. Speculate. Well, it, they're blaming it on uh, he fell off the wagon because when he was doing that sitcom that he, they, he was shown do, uh, drinking a drink. He didn't want a fake drink, prop drink. He wanted a real alcoholic beverage. And they said he had fallen off the wagon. They say that he had uh, he had financial trouble or he had... Uh, I have a real drink in my hand. Yeah, but you're not, you're not a horrible uh, <laughs> a- addict. You know, you haven't been through your like 30 or 20, 30 years of... 
of rehab, you know, to try to get your a twelve step programs right. and stuff to keep yourself straight, right? Yeah. He was a he was a sick person right, in that in that regard. But like that being said, if he was a if he wasn't a mentally ill person, he wouldn't have had the it wouldn't have resulted in suicide, right? Right. Like so you try pinning it down to one tipping point that made him like so sad that he killed himself it's not that way i don't i don't believe my personal opinion is i don't believe that that's the case when you when a person takes his own life i don't think it has anything to do with um like a reason it's it's, it's unreasonable it's it makes no, it has no logical sense there's it's, no yeah. sense you can't get into their mind you because can't if even you were, wrap your head around it no as someone who's living yeah. you cannot even wrap your head around why someone yeah. would do something And at that like point that. in time it should be treated treated as the same in the same vein as cancer or Absolutely. anything else that takes a person's life. Yeah. It's a sickness Absolutely. that results in death. And that's that's all there is to it. Yeah. And I, and that's not palatable for most people because most people want an actual reason like what well, was the was I the contributor of that was you know was it something that happened one thing that made him do that or her do that that it's all nonsense. It, all all it really has to do with is that person was broken and that's why they made the bad decision they made it, it, it's not that uh it's easier it's a, right when you have a when you have cancer when you right. have something to pin that on right why someone would take their own life right so it's all speculation what could we have done right but there is no answer you'll no. never get an answer you'll live your entire life never knowing why, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. I and mean, it's sad as a journalist, but what are they going to do? They're going to delve oh, into the story. Just, They're going to try to figure no, it out. There is, no, there is no story. There is no story. There's there is no there. story. You yeah. know what the story is? A person came to a bad end of what could be a, you know, a, like a, it happened to be a genius. It happened to be a person that had, had contributed great art to the world or whatever and had a great talent. But it's a person that came to a tragic end. And it happens every day to a lot of families all over the world. And uh, we don't obsess about it as a culture like we did with Robin Williams. And with Robin, it's just because he's part of our uh, collective uh, experience as a society that we saw his his work, that we care about it. I remember when Dale Earnhardt died, I remember thinking, I I don't, because my dad watched NASCAR when we were growing up and I was a NASCAR fan. And then when Dale Earnhardt died, I felt like someone in my family died, and I felt so ridiculous about it. I'm like, I don't know Dale Earnhardt. Why am I at work sad over Dale Earnhardt? Yeah. You know? Chris Farley or John Candy. I cried when John Candy died. Yeah. I don't know why I'd cry when John Candy died. Why do I give a crap about John Candy? Like, he was a nice man, but I never met him. I didn't know him. I tried to meet him one time. You met him, didn't you, Jane? Well, I saw him. him. Oh, you were at the same place where he was. classic. But you never met him. No, no. You never made out with him? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, think, I think you'll find, too, with an older gentleman like himself, um, I think if you carry your burden long enough, eventually you get to that point in the in the curve where you get tired. Yeah, you know what's what the mean? point, yeah. right? Like why it, do I have to keep this up? Like, why? Like, how long does this have to go long, on? How long do I need mm-hmm. to suffer? And, and that breaking point or tipping point, whatever you want to call it, would come for different people at different ages depending on their curve meaning how much they've suffered how much they're suffering how their uh, chemical imbalances are how they're dealing with their depression and uh, he obviously fought a good fight for a long time 
and had his uh, fun and games as he got as he grew. You just gotta get in on that a bit, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. As he got older, and um, he eventually just said, "You know, I'm tired. Well, tired, of f- this, yeah. I'm tired of this. I feel like like it's so um, like wow, like the amount of of attention that he's gotten is so amazing for him." Well, but yeah. you have to respect, like, and just leave it alone, you know. And you can. Well, um, I retweeted something this week where it was uh, ABC News that had, uh, like, you know, you look at the news and they got all that crap going on, on the screen where they got the ticker on the bottom and the yeah. the links at the top. And the top link is it's on. A, I think it was on their website. And it had top link. It said, uh, "Click this link to look at live aerial views fo- of Robin Williams' home." Oh, right, and at the bottom it says, "The Williams family asks that you respect their privacy in this tragic." Yet ABC you know, News is a helicopter. Yeah. It's the same website. It's same web page. Like the hypocrisy of this versus this. So, whoever had sent it out, so I don't. Shameful. I can't remember who it was, yeah. but I, I retweeted it right away because that just exemplifies the hypocrisy of this whole thing. Like what people forget, and I think that the culture of celebrity that accepts, especially exists in the United States, but we have it here just as bad. Like we're not, we're not innocent of it. And, uh, the culture of celebrity is such that you forget that these are real people. These are people with families. There are people with the, and their families aren't famous. They're not in the public eye. They didn't surrender their anonymity to, for fame or, or fortune or whatever. They're just regular people who miss someone that they love and they have to worry about a helicopter floating over the house because people are vultures. Like, stay out of other people's business. Mm-hmm. You don't know Robin Williams. You can still enjoy his work without delving into his personal life. There used to be a time where you didn't give a shit about other people's personal life. You could just have, like, the old Hollywood celebrities, they used to be able to, f- like, in the days of Marilyn Monroe and, in uh, you know, the heyday of Hollywood, like, people were f- cheating and consorting, and there was a whole bunch of affairs and... T- horrible. No one, everyone knew it happened. The press knew it happened. They they left it as their business. They were trying yeah. to sell the story of Hollywood glamour and stuff like that. Now we want to tear people down. Mm. We always want to show the ugly truths of their lives and capture their pain and their hor- you know, all the bad stuff. Oh, like, yeah. why don't we just concentrate like, on attack vultures? Yeah, yeah. It seems like it seems like we've lost sight of what's really important. And you know, no disrespect to Robin Williams whatsoever, but like, enough is it? Enough. Like, leave it all alone. Like, uh, yeah. no man in the world. Well, is and worthy. just wait for the next big thing, and then it's gone. Yeah, and right. then all Isn't that well, you know yeah. what? There's a lot of big things going on right now. That's the problem. There's a lot of there's there's world a, issues. There's Iraq. Yeah. There's there's the yeah. there's the Israel and the in the Gaza yeah. Strip and the, you know there's yeah there's there's Ukraine. Whatever there's, takes the cake wins well, well, for a few days and then on. We're talking to the next about thing, we're talking right? about a comic who killed himself. It makes well, you, it then, makes you wonder if he wasn't actually assassinated. <laughs> Just to distract us from distract us from isn't that what's it, happening? You know what Tom says that, that you laugh at that, but you know what that's the where if you get deep enough into the the conspiracy, conspiracy. of how we're all just oh, yeah. sheep that are following along with whatever Ooh. bullshit they feed us to distract us from the real shit that's going on. So it's a distraction. <laughs> Robin Williams is, could be a sacrificial cow. Nice. I think that's a little paranoid, Tom. <laughs> to be honest with you, but it, it's, it's you know what it's so un, uh, out out there that it's probably real. It's all. It's, <laughs> Yeah, it's all an opinion. You just, uh. you know what? You never know. Like that's the thing. If you get too deep in it, you you wouldn't get out of bed in the morning. Like it just scares the shit out of you. You, you can't you, even you let know. your brain go there. Yeah, 
But I do. They, th- they actually, I heard they had a. They flew a drone through his uh, window, and um, <laughs> the drone actually put the belt around his neck. So. <laughs> was it the an Amazon? Was scary. it an Amazon drone? Yeah. You, you know, know what I wonder? Amazon's about? got drones now to deliver packages. Just yeah. go to the Live from the Dutch Hall website, click on the Amazon <laughs> banner, get a drone to deliver packages to you. I was going to say, did, did the drone I wonder this question, though, and I thought about it right away. Remember that slew of people they had that were, they would find people from, they call it autoerotic asphyxiation, right? Yeah. So they put a belt around their neck yeah. and they choke themselves <laughs> out during masturbation, I guess. Or yeah, whatever. the guy from In Excess. The guy from Inexcess, Michael Elise. Hutchins. Michael Hutchins. He what? died that way. Yeah. <gasps> so who's to say that this wasn't one of those affairs? Like why? When belt? I saw that, why not? Why not, a pe- why not rope? Yeah, yeah. When I saw the belt, I thought, thought the same thing. Like, did he have his dick in his hand at the same time? Right. Which is disrespectful. I apologize, around my fans. <laughs> no, no, we're just speculating. We're just talking. But you know, that's what. My, honestly, that's where my brain went initially. Was like to that because I remember when the Michael Hutchins thing happened. Like, and and um, uh, Kung Fu. David Carradine. You oh, no, David kid, Carradine? You're kidding me. David Same Carradine. thing. Auto, wow. Autoerotic asphyxiation. If I, I'm pretty sure. Should I Wikipedia it? Because I might be... Uh, I don't know. I don't want to spend any more time on that. It's just ridiculous. I'm just saying it's a thing. But, what? Ridiculous. It really know. happens. Ridiculous. People do it. Ridiculous. <laughs> what? Does you want that to be your new thing? Because you don't like this one? So I like, might be a lesbian. Yeah. We should move it. We should we right. should fix it. You know what we should do? Okay, we'll get off autoerotic officiation by Thank you. Thank you. All right, thank you. We'll do it. What we should do then is go to this. We got feedback. Feedback. I like Adrian's little giggle. Yeah, that's uh, that makes it for me too. <laughs> you can hardly hear it, but I love it. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to feedback. We got feedback, everybody. Um, you know, I'm really excited because we had a couple shows booked. Like we have, uh, well, next week is already the 21st, isn't it? Yeah. It's my anniversary. Oh, so we're gonna ha- we're actually gonna put one in the can. We're gonna put one in the can this Saturday. We don't know when you're when we're gonna give it to you, but we're, it's a real treat. It's Abby and Kevin Van Dyke. They're coming. We're gonna record it on Saturday, but we're gonna play it probably a couple Thursdays from now. Go Abby, go Kevy. Yeah, they've been on a few episodes that have been really popular. Jamaica, Jamaica was the uh, one where they were both on together. Highlights. Oh, they were, they were. It was a. <laughs> if you haven't listened to the episode, go back and listen to it. It's, but uh, the thing about when Kevin Van Dyke comes on my show is that we always have technical difficulties. He's been on three shows, and every one of them has been some sort of catastrophe, and he never lets me forget it. So we're gonna try to make it right next time, and uh, see if we can uh, have another good one. And also next week we have uh, a real treat. Uh, Mark and Sonia Rowan are coming down to the Dutch Hall all the way from California. And uh, we're so excited to have them in because they're super fans. They've been getting us a lot of listeners down in California. So we're really excited to have the Rowans in from California next Thursday. And we might even get the charters in there too, uh, the rooster and such. Hopefully it'll bring us a I know. It's going to be ridiculous. Yeah, I'm excited. Yes. And so a lot of good things happening. And uh, so this week... We'd like to welcome our new listeners from Bochum, Germany. Bochum. I'm sure it's Bochum. That's for you, Germans. Thank you for listening. We also have some from Creemore, Australia, which is just outside, just outside of Sydney. We have Port Melbourne, Australia, Pleasant Grove, Utah, Candiac, Quebec, Chesley, Ontario, Modesto, California, and this week's listener of the week is Hendrik 
Den Kate from Hong Kong. <laughs> so thank you very much, everyone, for the new listeners. And you know what? I was going to say, there's a, something I heard about this week is called um, Life Joys or something like that or something. And uh, it was when, pe- when you have a uh, compulsion with you where you just do something and you can't help yourself from doing it. And when I hear Hong Kong, I always like to go, Hong Kong, home of the shiny green suit. And that's a tribute to Robin Williams, too, because that's from uh, Good Morning Vietnam, remember? That's right. Oh, I totally. got this suit in Hong Kong, home of the shiny green suit. Yeah. Every time I hear Hong Kong, I think of that guy in, the, in uh, Good Morning Vietnam when, they, when he goes into, the, like, the, I don't know, was the, he goes in, it was the guy was running, like, um, a bar or something like that in yeah, the town. Yeah, yeah. It was, like, a and bar. And he got bombed at the end, and he was crying and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, I felt so bad for that guy. And real nice guy. He goes, you like this suit? I got the suit in Hong Kong. Home of the it Green really suit. makes me want to watch Good Morning Vietnam again. That was a good movie. I, remember, yeah. I watched that in the theater when I was in Thunder Bay. So good. In grade nine. Wow. <laughs> I remember oh, that. I, well, that's the thing. Like, he did so many good movies. Like, he's an actor. Right, right. He, he was like, great. He was a Juilliard trained actor, right? Really? Yeah, Juilliard trained. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then a comedian. Cool. They say that the character, there was a character on the uh, show Fame. You know the show Fame? Yeah. That was a uh, comedian. There was one character, and that was that was kind of loosely based on uh, Robin Williams cool. from the Juilliard School. Mm. That's what they said. Anyways, I don't know. So anyways, uh, feedback. We got feedback. Uh, every week we get feedback. And last week was the um, Live from Turkey Point episode. And we actually gave you a bonus episode with my nieces and nephews um, just for a half hour. Anyone that wants to check that out can. Um, well, the feedback we got was mostly positive. Everyone really uh, enjoyed uh, the performance of my niece and my daughter who did the uh, cover song for Florence and the, Machine, and the Machine, which I didn't mention on the last episode, so they can, I guess, take my money. Speaking of money, uh, the Amazon thing is really going well. Um, I want to do another drum roll here. This is how much money we made, everybody. We are up to... $11.45. Holy shit. I know I feel so I feel so proud. I'm in double digits now with my earnings. <laughs> and this doesn't even include the earnings with my when my wife just went on Amazon and bought a bunch of stuff so I could get money from it and doesn't even <laughs> that doesn't even factor in those earnings. So this is a, a double really? digit earnings. Oh no, it doesn't even factor that in. Oh good. Yeah, I'm really, really uh, doing well for myself now. So <laughs> I hope the fame doesn't all go to my head. <laughs> but uh, we also, another positive thing is we are working on getting a sponsorship agreement in order with a guy who actually approached me to sponsor the show, which was uh, such a treat. And what's the best part about it is it's a company that I really believe in, that I've actually, uh, I, I like their product and I know they're good people that run a really good business. So Super fan. I hope when we uh, work out the details of this, we'll be, we'll be announced shortly and maybe even get the sponsors on to uh, talk about their product. Because it's, uh, it's really a nice thing when you can get a sponsor on that you believe in. You're not just shelling yourself like a whore out on the <laughs> street, you know. To actually get people you like and you want to see that, uh, both of you do well. So thank you very much. Uh, I, things are going well. So the only other thing I got to do is talk to my buddy. Um, you know his name? The Haitian Dwarf. You know the song? <laughs> it's all different. 
it goes on. You want to listen more? <laughs> we'll go three that time. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I clearly don't know that. That song. is the theme song. You don't know that song? Well, at first I thought I did, and then I was rather. <laughs> and then her eyes got wide. I was rather disillusioned. Yes, I'm sorry, Laura. I'm sorry. I shouldn't do that in mixed company. I usually, when there's the fellas in the Dutch hall, we can get away with that's, stuff like that. But it's a little blue for mixed company. Yeah, I right Laura, there. I've heard the whole thing, and it gets worse and that's worse. Right. Yeah, yeah, I right. played you the cleanest parts. Oh, okay. So, uh, the Haitian dwarf. She, You're shaking her up. She's pouring another shot. She Look needs at her. a drink. Well, bartender, get them all around yeah. here. Get them all around no, here. We'll end it with that. So the Haitian dwarf, uh, his his uh, reply came in at the end. I was worried. The Haitian dwarf, you know, understand dwarves only live a limited amount of time. Th- their lifespans are not as long as uh, full-size people. That's just because. Although of- their penises are quite regular sized. We as have- from episode 30. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's part of their torso. The penis right? is tar- the penis? What are you no. talking about? So it's no, the penis size. is normal size. Yeah, even though <laughs> like, right? yeah. oh, you're saying their torso is regular size. So yeah, likewise, so it would be like taking yeah. it would be like taking my penis and putting it on a five year old. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's part of their, their. It's an appendage of their torso, so it would be normal size. I've never yeah. thought of it that way. I just thought of it like uh, that's how I think of it. Their penis has nothing to do with whatever affliction they have to make their size. Have you ever seen one? Right, because their torso is normal, and so their penis is normal. Well, I agree. I agree with your logic. <laughs> I think it's actually I love it because I like to think of like that. Anyhow, the Haitian dwarf sent in his feedback last week, and I was worried. Or no, this week, but it came in literally five minutes before we started this show. Uh, the, the Haitian Doors feedback came in, and I could tell on iTunes. I went looking for it, and you can't tell. Um, there was we could tell the Haitian Doors dropped off. And what iTunes does is they take the Haitian Doors feedback and they hold it and they study it and they make sure the Haitian Doors feedback isn't offensive because Haitian Dwarf is is a really dangerous person apparently that iTunes has to pay attention to. So they take his feedback and they study it and then they eventually give well, it to the general. Well, look public. at his introductory song. I mean, that's painting a pretty picture. You know what he is? This guy is a man of the people, and he's a he's a gentleman. And I don't care if he it gets a little blue from time to time. The guy's a friend of mine and a friend of the show, so I won't talk about him that way, Jane. I won't have a co-host of mine talking about him that way. <laughs> and what he did was he sent in feedback at the last minute, but he sends me an email too at live from the Dutch Hall at gmail dot com just to make sure you get it. Just to make sure I get it in time for the show. See, that's I, thoughtful. Yes, I it, like the Haitian dwarf. He's an integral part of the success of Live from the Dutch Hall. And this week he gave me five stars. And this was a really interesting piece of feedback. He really put some time into it, and I appreciate it. I'm going to read it in its entirety. I'm excited. An entertaining glimpse into Pete's family life. They are a close-knit and proud bunch, quite worthy of the term empire. Ooh. Quite a, quite he a knows of the Van Dyke empire. Well, I mentioned it on the show from time to time. <laughs> On a side note, it was disappointing to hear that some of the haters out there are trying to con- convince Mr. Van Dyke that I am neither Haitian nor vertically challenged, which I have said from time to time because there are, there are skeptics out there. He said, last night I cried myself to sleep on my tiny pillow. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Haitian door? Yeah, my heart goes out. What, what I have talked to is my, my listening audience right now. You know what, guys? You've said it to me time to time. You've questioned the Haitian Dwarf's loyalty to this show. You've questioned his honesty. You've questioned a lot of things about the Haitian Dwarf. What i got to tell you right now is you're hurting his feelings. And this is really hurting me. 
and it's hurting the show. So what I want to ask you to do is I want you to stop questioning and start just accepting the fact that this is a little Haitian who loves Pete Van Dyke. All right? You have to trust. Reach deep down really? and trust. That's right. The Haitian dwarf is a little person. He loves Life in the Dutch Hall. And Ice Girl 60 also, to my knowledge, is a little person. Loves Life in the Dutch Hall. Anyone who says otherwise is not listening to the evidence. No. You're, 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 you're skeptics. You're, you're, you're conspiracy theorists. What I'm talking about is stone cold facts. I'm a man of science. I like to believe um, photos. Photos. Well, Haitian Dwarf, we've been looking for them. We haven't had photo evidence. We have a lot of people sending in what they think is photo evidence to the Haitian Dwarf, and I'm sure probably one or two of them have been correct. Some of them look similar. Uh, generally, if you're little and probably swarthy looking. <laughs> Maybe he doesn't have access to a camera. <laughs> I don't know. He's got access to a computer. Oh, right. Right? right. He's on Twitter. You can follow Haitian Dwarf on Twitter. Haitian That's Dwarf a good on point. Twitter. He's a great, a great guy to follow. You should follow him. He hasn't tweeted very much. Haitian Dwarf, what's the matter with you? Pick up the torch and start getting on Twitter. It's great. Speaking of Twitter, let's get out of the uh, feedback. We got feedback and going to Twitter. Twitter, I just sent a tweet to the Pope. And uh, I got a couple of staunch Catholics crazy. in crazy. I see Laura over there doing the sign of the cross and praying for my soul. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that, Laura, because I need it. But what happened, what, what I got to tell you is I, too, am a Catholic. I, I oftentimes criticize the Catholic Church on my program, but I am, a, I am a strong Catholic. I believe in the good they do. I just happen to notice some hypocrisies from time to time, and I like to point them out. And now I'm working on a real positive campaign with the Pope. Me and the Pope are working on this campaign on Twitter. He hasn't responded yet, but I'm, I'm trying to get it going. Um, his Pope, er, I responded to the uh, Pope's tweet the other day. The Pope said... If you hoard material possessions, they will rob you of your soul. That was the Pope's message. And what I noticed about the Pope is he, he puts a lot of messages up, tells us to pay f pray for people from different parts of the world, tells us how to live our lives, tells us basic, like, uh, fundamental, like, things, how to be a good person. And all of them I read, I agree with. I 100% agree with the Pope. Me and the Pope are on the same page. We're on the same page, right, Jane? <laughs> right. Absolutely. But in this case, when he says, if you hoard your material possessions, they will rob you of your soul. My response to the Pope was, I have it right here, at Pontiff X, I look forward to the Vatican's yard sale. It will, sh it will sure help a great deal of the world's needy. Please let me know if I can help. Fair enough. So I'm trying to get a yard sale going at the Vatican. We're going to sell a lot of the, of the uh, artwork and the gold statues yeah. and all these hoarding things. hoarding is... The rings. Is the crowns. Yeah, all those things. And if the, the you know, I'm I'm willing to help. I think if uh other listeners alive in Dutch Hall are willing to go to the Vatican, you know, put up some tables, you know, help help price the items out for the Vatican for the for the church, we can raise a lot of money, put all that money back to the poor. We're going to do really good things. So we're trying to get the pope going here. And so I thought, you know, like what a great world we live in where me and the Pope can work on a deal to try to sell the Vatican's uh, gauche possessions, right, to try to give it to the needy. Because it's wonderful. It's wonderful. We've done uh, – this is great work. This is probably the best work the Dutch Hall's ever yeah, done. he had a great idea. Yeah, and, the, and so the Pope, the Pope said it. We're going to make it happen. So I thought, you know, but it's a little presumptuous for a guy like me, just a guy from Pine Grove, a little guy with no notoriety whatsoever, no, uh, nothing impressive about me to uh, be so bold as to talk to the pontiff, to make suggestions about what he should do with all those things he has the Vatican. 
And the, but uh, so I feel a little ashamed. Maybe I'm not a good Catholic by bringing something like that up. Maybe I'm a, a poor Catholic. But then I started to read some of the other comments, which I assume are from Catholics. And I got to tell you, I am uh, uh, I'm the nicest guy that talks to the Pope at all these these bastards or whatever. What? You want to hear some of the comments? Yeah, <coughs> for sure. This one here. Uh, oh, it's a terrible one. I don't know if I'll start out with that one. Well, one guy just said, uh, uh, but Nintendo games, sad face, because he was sad. You know, he said, I'm not going to give up my Nintendo games. But what the one person said was, um, Pontiff X. <laughs> Would you like to read it? Uh, Jane? I don't know, I don't know if I could read it. Read that top one there. Uh. <laughs> See if Laura will read it. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, I will read it, but this is ridiculous. You sure you want to read that? Because uh. you you're, you're a woman of stature in the community. Uh. <laughs> no, I'll say it because it is, I'm quoting. What's, uh, a, what's, a, what's, a, what's the Twitter person's name? Carlonatse? Uh, Carlonatse, is that a word? Uh, all right. Or at After Lopez Life? I don't, I, I don't even know how to read Twitter. It's the thing at the top, the, the one in bold at the top. Yeah, Carlonatse. Oh, at what? At After Lopez Life. After Lopez Life. And what do they have to say? Um, they said, um, fuck me with my dildo, soul, <laughs> soulless daddy. I don't think that's constructive. That see the difference? Appalling. See like, the difference? Really? It's ridiculous. The Pope, the, this is the thing. Should I? I was starting out with this process, saying something that I thought was actually kind of flipping to the Pope, which I'm serious about. I think the Pope should have a yard sale, and I think he should sell all his stuff. But... I was thinking I was being a bad person by even suggesting something that was still meant to be helping good pe helping people. This person's just bad. That's evil. Yeah, yeah but that's she's, she's South American, and they really love the Pope. Maybe it was oh, sincere. <laughs> so Snookerbacker says... Um, Snookerbacker? Yeah. So what's, what's the original comment again? If you hoard material possessions, they will rob you of your soul. So this snookerbacker says, says the man surrounded by gold. Right. So, yeah, exactly. The punchline was actually the dirty one. I think we have to move on. Because <laughs> they're just going to get worse. One guy said, sell you your art. You just wanted me to say the F word. Yeah, I wanted to say the dirty stuff. <laughs> Unless there's someone else with another dirty tweet to the Pope, which I do like, so keep making. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So we're... Why is the Pope on Twitter? Well, that's the thing. That's He's actually not. The, that was actually the point of you reading that horrible He's tweet. He's not. No, it's not no, the pope. But, but honestly, Do in his pope, listen to me. <laughs> in the history of mankind, we've had how many popes, or in the history of since Jesus or whatever, we've had so many popes. What kind of pope has daily or weekly or whatever, like every other day, sent a message out to like that many people, just telling you how to behave as a person or who to pray for or what sort of things we should be interested in? It doesn't matter if it's the Pope or not, but whatever the Pope office is, whatever the, the people that are the Pope. But do you think it is representative of the Pope? I, I don't know. He's saying, I'm sure the Pope's not going to say, like, uh, if he's saying something the Pope didn't agree with. Because some of it's pretty specific. And but the it's, guy, like, it's like those alien invasion movies where the thing shoots in the air and then the, the, the lasers point in your eyes and everybody stands there and looks <laughs> at it and they tell you what to do. Yeah, yeah. But it's, uh, the, I agree. But at least you're getting that guidance. Like the, the Dalai Lama for years in the Buddhist faith has been like giving guidance to people 
on how to be a better person or how to find peace in their life, how to be like, you know, but for the, from the Catholic perspective, from our popes in the past, I haven't received the message from him personally as the voice, the closest voice to God himself. I haven't heard the message on how to live as a better person until this Pope went on Twitter. And is it a weekly like kind of a thing? No, it's daily pretty daily. much. The Pope has, he's praying for like right now Iraq. He's really wound up about Iraq. He keeps trying to get the world to pay attention to what's going on in Iraq because he thinks it's horrible. And there's other people that, like this person I stand with, Gaza, that's saying is it Israeli airstrikes flatten the entire Gaza Street in just one hour. He's saying like, Pope, we need you to tell your Twitter followers and your people to pray, for, to pray us. for us and try to get the world to be aware of our problems. And it's not even about, you know, when you say pray for us, it's one thing like to, there's people that believe in the power of prayer and all that stuff. But there's also it's also just having someone in the high profile position of the Pope say, guys, there's all this stuff going on in the world. But this particular thing that's going on in the world, you got to pay attention to mm-hmm. because it's important and bad things are happening. And we're, and the Pope's acting as a collective voice of conscience for the Christians, which before Twitter, I don't think that happened. I don't I really don't. So as much as I make fun of the Pope being on Twitter and the fact that I can talk about like helping him with his yard sale and I invited him for taco Tuesday. We're on taco Thursday. My first Twitter tweet to the Pope was, why don't you come over to the Dutch hall? I want to have him as a guest. I would love to have the Pope as a guest. Yeah. And I'd say, we have you down for taco Tuesday. Cause he was, <laughs> and that was my ignorance. Cause he's South American. They probably wouldn't, I, I was making him seem like a Mexican. <laughs> wait, wait, Jane, you wanted me to, you, every time I mentioned anything Mexican at all, <laughs> There. Am I getting better at it? I love it. I should have given you the soundboard. You've been, you would have been better at it than me today. <laughs> so we're already in an hour, guys. You want to do anything? Is yeah. ridiculous? What? Yeah, it's yeah. an hour hour long. You want to take a break in between and all this stuff? Do you want to do one thing before we go? Actually, uh, you know what? You've been on twice now, Tom. You broke the seal. You've been in here twice. And you have a great, um, a great story about... Uh, what you've been doing the monarch butterflies but we'll save that for the next time i know jane loves okay. it i don't like i can't I... find a joke in it i want to end the show with something mm. something light i want to end the the story penises and vaginas always come on we gotta come up with something <laughs> we have two penises is that story about vaginas. the cat that uh is that funny no, it's, no, it's that's, sad that's horrifically save that for the next one too. i'm, I'm telling you that's like uh post-traumatic stress disorder for me. It was awful. I'm not and me as well. It. I can't even sleep at night. Let's not even go there. All right. Let's now it's this. already a downer anyways. But <laughs> I'm, not tell, I'm not telling the story. Yeah. So I can tell a story about... Everyone is like sitting on the edge of their seat. For what? Wondering about this story. Yes. Yeah. What the well, hell teasers. are you talking about? Next time I'm going to be able to put on my social media that I have uh, the Bowens coming in and you're going to get the answers to those questions about the cat story. Oh, I am intrigued. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you guys coming in. It's been great. And that's what I mean. We leave them with a teaser. We leave people wanting more from Live from the Dutch Hall. That's what we do, right? Bowens, Bowens, yeah. Bowens. I appreciate the Taco Thursday. Taco Thursday. It's been they were great. delicious. Best taco I ever had. <laughs> and it was made by our daughters. Which were, we yeah. Were, yeah. It's kind of a, a, a cooking camp that we did for them. Yes. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, and they were good. They're great. They all did really good. It, um, and it was fantastic. They were really excited and responsible and... You know, we're get we have good good kids. We're really fortunate to be. It's not funny to to say things are going well, but I think we've done a pretty good job with our kids, right? I we're think so too, too. They're not too bad. That's yeah. why. Once once the boys teenagers. start knocking yeah. on the doors, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. 
But yeah. I love him. I need to see him. <laughs> no. I can't live without him. Oh, God. What are you talking about, woman? You don't even know. Just, yeah, yeah. just stop. A couple I don't more know. years. I don't know. I think we have quite a quite a few years before they get to that. Uh, cross our fingers, but it's going to happen quick like a light switch. Oh, it's true. Well, we'll be there to weather the storm together. Ridiculous. <laughs> oh, I can't yeah. wait. Well, everybody. Anybody. <laughs> one more subject or Hi everybody <laughs> Alright we got one more I I just want Should I tell a story about the comedy club I went to Yeah oh yeah you didn't even get into no, it No I didn't get into it So yes. I'm, I will end with because this because Robin Williams is so disturbing to everybody Yeah it took us on a little tangent about that Poor Robin <laughs> But honestly but the, the thing about it was I wish you had one of those buttons that would go wah, wah. Do What do you have you one? Baby, uh, baby crying I do have A something. tiny violin no, what, what the, uh... Oh, that's so good. Oh, no, that's not good. This is better when we want to talk about sad things. Bye, Robin Williams. <laughs> so sorry for your loss. <laughs> but he is a comedian. So tell us about your comedy experience. No, what I was saying was... <laughs> Is that the the news is trying to pin it down on there? There's a huge thing on the news. They were saying, is it true that comedians are more uh, apt to commit suicide than other people? Yes, of course they are because they're introspective, intelligent, uh, broken people that want to go out in front of an audience and humiliate themselves in, in order to like uh, get some sort of gratification that they you know because they're artistic by, the, too, by nature, nature of yeah it doesn't matter about comedy if the same would be said about actors or the same yeah. would be said about painters or or uh you know musicians or whatever it might be if you're that sort of person that delves into their own you know emotions to try to pr provoke art you're probably going to be more apt to be you know to hit on nerves that could cause problems that you yeah. know anyways so I, I went to an open mic night in London. That's the, that's the story. And I was thinking about it when I went there because I'm looking at this. And this was a free show. It was totally free. It was Jason uh, Allen that was uh, on my show a few weeks ago. He was one of the hosts of this show. And I saw the invite come out. So I went, on, I went to London. I took the hour drive. And I went to the free show on Monday night. And uh, there was a bunch of open micers. And they had a couple of um, headliners to, to close the show off, right? We're in a bar where people are playing pool and everyone's kind of chatting through the show. Yeah, Monday's a weird night. It was a Monday night. Yeah, the 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 mic, they had some technical difficulties at the beginning of the show where there was mic problems and stuff like that. And and uh these people came out and they were like giving it you know, they were doing their they were doing their their bits and whatever. And as they started, this group of like uh huge um British hooligans like soccer hooligans Football come players. in. Right? I walked in just in, I was late night and, and they were I I was I figured they'd be late getting started because it's like it's a free show it's a bunch of young guys yeah. they're probably going to you know not be on time so I was like I'm going to get there late cuz I bet you I'll be there just on time and it, it turned out I planned it perfect I sat down at the bar and they started the show and these hooligans walk in and they start heckling hard to these young kids and these are like young you know they don't have any they've never made a penny at they at probably peed comedy. their pants right yeah, well, these these guys come in and they're total bullies, you know. Their idea of comedy, of going to see a comedy show, is to go in there and interact. They think they're adding to the show. 
and they're they're making it better because they're making it more funny to call the guy out and they figure this guy's a pro and he's gonna like attack me and it's gonna be a good laugh right You're scaring the shit out of but him. these are kids that don't don't have that sort of uh like uh acumen yet they don't they haven't built up the calluses by dealing with these dickheads you know like they're they're just sitting there going like why are you being so fucking mean to me you know yeah. And so the, I would have cried. Oh, it's terrible. Mm. And uh, so they're trying to make the best of it. The guys, to their credit, honestly, when they were finally called out, there was one poor kid who was just like actually broke down. And he turned to the guys. and He's like, honestly, dudes, like, you know, we're open micers. And you did you guys just decide to come here and fuck this show up? Like, they're like, All right, what are you doing? Like, I can't even get a freaking joke off. The crowd, the crowd was pretty dead, you know, for the most part. Like, uh, even jokes that worked didn't work with the crowd because they were either weren't paying attention, were engaged. Like, it was awkward. I was grabbing my hair and I was like, you know, just like putting my, hide my head in my hands at the bar because it was so incredibly awkward. Uh, that the eat, see so many people eat shit in a row, you know? Um, but I loved it. Like, I would definitely go back because I admire the courage of these people so much wow. that they're doing this shit, eh? That I couldn't believe it. And then by the time they got the headliners and stuff like that and the crowd, uh, to kind of settle down, warmed up, maybe, yeah, and or? then warmed up, yeah, because yeah. it's hard to gain momentum. Yeah, and, you know, like it's uh, when when you keep getting it interrupted and with with different things like technical difficulties and stuff. So it broke the show up to the point where it was hard to get going, and it took almost to the headliner to get going. So yeah, but all in all, I got to give everybody that was involved with that show a lot of credit because uh, they you have to be broken in your head. My point is to bring it back to Robin Williams oh, is you have to be broken in your head. To be able to stand up there and eat those shit sandwiches as hard as you can. And then every single one of those kids, if I asked them, are you going to do it again? Like the one guy went up there and he was probably, he had half as much material as they needed him to do. He said, how much time do I have left? He's probably done four minutes. They said, you got eight minutes left or something. Oh my God. And he's like, I'm done. Like goes, out. I'll slowly sip this beer for the next four minutes. I don't know what In, to do. On the stage and yeah. look like a duh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I was just like, oh my goodness. Like. It's tough, but these guys are figuring that out. You got to take those hard licks to figure out your craft, you know. And it's not and if it still isn't for want to do it after yeah. that. You take a beating every week, you know. Oh I couldn't God. believe it. Anyways, I, there was no laughing there. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck, buddy. Can we say something about penises and vaginas quick to end the show, Tom, and then go on? What do we got? Something dirty to end it with. Two penises and two vaginas. You got a penis and vagina joke, Jane? No. I don't do jokes. Penis and vagina. Enter. Walk into a bar. Walk into a bar. <laughs> Penises, vagina. Come here often. <laughs> Wait. That should have been the ending, right? That should have been the ending. Right? I didn't do my ads, you know? Thank you very much for it. <laughs> what do you have to do? I got to tell them. I said, thank you very much for listening to Life from the Dutch Hall, everybody. Take care of each other and follow me on Facebook. Or no, follow me on Twitter. Like me on Facebook. Send me an email. We're do, trying to uh, line up an advice show or something like that. So if you have any uh, questions Ooh. of the crew from the from live from the Dutch Hall, send your questions either by Facebook, Twitter, or email me at live from the Dutch Hall at gmail.com. Click on the Amazon link and help support the show. Look at my website soon. We should be having our new sponsor up shortly. And uh, until then, we'll see you next week. And thank you very much for listening. And do you want to do the joke again? <laughs> no. All right. See you later, everybody. Good night, everybody.
was it? That was good.